Hey guys, welcome back on the show. Uh, episode six today. I got a very special guest um, whose last name I don't even know because I always call him and he goes by Joe. You must know him from Red House and now the sister uh, bar called actually uh, Sister Midnight. Uh, what's your last name, man? Bully. Here you go. B O L E Y. That sounds so good. Well, Joe Bolly, welcome on the show, man. Thank you for coming. I think it's fair to tell the listeners that you were a bit hesitant about coming on board. It took a lot of convincing by text message. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't you don't love this. It's not my kind of thing. You're not in your comfort zone right now. So thank you for stepping out of the zone with me. And uh, I promise it's going to be fast and painless. You feel good? I'm getting there. Let's go, baby. It's it's before noon. I told you this doesn't work. I know. Very so, often. so you told me off off the record that you go to bed at four every night, which is unthinkable for me. I'm a coffee morning person. That's on the record. I mean, that's yeah, just I, how it goes. I made it official now, but it's crazy, man. Talk, talk to me about this. I, I want to know as someone who like str- I start scratching my eyes at like eight p.m., nine p.m. Oh God, that's terrible. <laughs> it's like giving me heart palpitations. I know, you I'm despise just, oh me so God. much. I was never a night person. Yeah. Well, it's probably better for you uh, having children though. Definitely. Change everything. But yeah. the, I, I used to like work construction. So, you know, 20 something years ago, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning, go in, start in business. Like, you know, we'd start at 7 a.m. job site, working Jeez. the eight, 10 hour day. So the transition, I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoy the nights a lot better. Yeah, that's true. That's, oh, man. Yeah. I wish I was, I, w- I had that talk with my friends many times. Like you, you, that life picks you. You don't pick that life. And like, I always wanted to be a night guy. You know, I wanted to have that juice at like 1am, you know, I, I remember some of my friends being like, 1am, like, let's go out. I was like, what do you mean? Let's go out. It's 1am. Like, that's the time I go back. I it's come, not juice. Know? It's Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like I've, it was, it was never for me, but like, I, I respect you so much for it. Um, so like you're talking about construction, you're talking about all this. I'm so excited to have you on because I feel like it's a part of your life or like the project that people might know, not know of. And like you touched on it with me a few times and I was like, it'd be cool to have you on and talk about the origin of uh, Red House and like, what was your life before you from uh, obviously the States. And I was, if you can indulge us for like five minutes and just, Give us a bit of background. The like, quick bio. That'd be great. I mean, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty unearned. Like you've, you've never shared it before. So it was late summer, nineteen seventy nine. Joseph Bully, born in New Mexico. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, starts reading Henry Miller, and by the time he's in his early twenties, he moves to Paris, France, oh. seeking the dream. <laughs> no, I did uh, finish school in the states. Studied. Mathematics had several. Uh, I worked as a plumber for a while. Traveled a lot in the states. Did the whole uh, Jack Kerouac on the road. Okay. Uh, all yeah, just all over the place. And when traveling, backpacking for three months, like very standard Middle America thing to do after school. Let's go to Europe. Yeah, all over Europe. It was great. You know. England, Spain, Poland, Hungary. When was that? Like roughly years wise. <clears throat> Early twenties, twenty three, I think. Okay. Twenty two, twenty three. So nineteen what? Sixty two. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Okay. Well, a while back. And so then, what happens? You're traveling, you're backpacking in Europe, and then how do you go from that to opening Red House? Well, there's a big gap. So yeah. I mean. Finished traveling. I think there had been two or three times during my trip where I decided I was going to 
just stay in Europe, okay. sort it out. I got a had a job for a weekend in Naples, scrubbing pots in a no literal shoebox kitchen. Oh wow! Uh, three euros an hour. I was paid for real. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! I was I was happy about it. That- because yeah, it was it, it was, was just me and an insane Napolitani chef wow. who was screaming at me. I was scrubbing I was scrubbing pots all night and that was it. And at the end of the day it gave me thirty bucks. Wow. <laughs> was like, I was happy, man. Yeah. You know? Did they feed you? No. No. Wow. Come on, man. I know, man. Pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if they would have fed me, they'd have taken it out of my three yeah, exactly. euros an hour. It would have been twenty bucks. Yeah, exactly. So went back and honestly, like, uh, worked worked two jobs in the states for six months, okay. and then just moved here. No visa, two suitcases, and that was it. No way. Yep. What What was the um, the switch moment where you were like, "I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going back and I'm I staying." Had, I never, I never came back. Really. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I I just my mind stayed in Europe. Yeah. And. Um, cool. Yeah, it was just the adventure, man. Like honestly. And so I mean, getting getting over to Red House, I never really, I never planned on bartending. Uh, I'd done that in the states before moving here, and uh, that was the only job I could get. I didn't speak French. Right. I had no papers. So you worked for someone else before opening Red House? Like, did you have a? Yeah, I, got, I was working at a bistro in Saint Paul. Okay. Um, which didn't pay much more than the guy down in Naples. <laughs> Yeah, man. Jesus. Well, that that was probably one of the hardest periods of my life, actually. It was a year and a half, six bucks an hour. None of the staff pulled tips with me. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, when their when their cast was short, they, uh, they took it out of my tips as well. No way. Yeah, man. It was hard, oh, hard, hard work. People don't know. People got it so good now. Oh, man. That was rough. Didn't, didn't speak, you know. Yeah. People would ask me where the bathroom was, and I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had oh, wow. zero, zero French. Yeah. Well, that's props to you, because, like, I heard you French, and it's it's good now. C'est pas mal. Oh, il est bien. Wow. So that was, okay, so rough start in Paris, working for some cheap-ass person. Mm. And then you're like, enough of this. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna do the American thing, and I'm gonna be my own boss. So and much, so much more suffering in between. <laughs> oh my god, you, you just want to get to the grave anymore. I'm already. I got anxiety just thinking yeah, about. Yeah, no. I mean, so through. what did I do? I got a. I got a student visa, and then okay. um, uh, like a lot of people, and then I managed to get a student visa with work papers. I eventually got married. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, not just for papers, but was actually in love. Okay. Um, to a French lady? Yep. Okay. French woman. So, and then once I hit that point, every you know, all my paperwork eventually got sorted out. So. Mm-hmm. And then I started working at a bottle shop. Okay. This little like expat kind of restaurant in the day and party bar at night. And then uh, ended up managing that place. It got really successful. And at some point, I thought I could very mistakenly <laughs> translate that same success into my own bar. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, yeah. you know, how old were you by then? Like, by the time you're like, okay, well, I've done this long enough. I'm going to do it by myself. L- late 20s. You're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it Good was, age. Uh, I just had a child. That too. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I think part of being an expat, you get to a point where you just realize you're an immigrant. 
and it's a different ball game. Right. You know, I don't have uh, I don't have parents that have a house out in uh, Burgundy yeah. that I'm going to inherit. You know, I, I didn't have uh, you know my dad shoving me like 200 grand to like buy an apartment and do all this and you kind of staring down the barrel starting a family and it's like it's a basic kind of capitalist principle of like I have a small amount saved I will never be able to save enough to buy an apartment yeah or to you know live anything besides paycheck to paycheck so what do I do and yeah. I just I wanted to start a bar and um, how did you find the, the space Red House that we hell. know? Oh, it was hell. It was hell it finding was it. Three years it took. To three open. years to find that space. Yeah. Wow. What was it before? It was a bar. It was a bar. Okay. It's actually, uh, it's been a bar for almost a hundred years. No way. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. pretty wild. That's cool. It was. It was called uh, Charbon et Spiritueux. Oh, wow. Coal and spirits. Cause <laughs> they used to, well, they used to sell coal and booze no in the way. same place. That's how the Auvergne have such a stronghold because they had coal mines in Auvergne. I didn't know that. So they're bringing it all in, okay. and that's how they end up owning. Uh, that's one of the reasons. A whole they, big chunk of yeah, yeah businesses yep. in Paris. Wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. And so the first year, like, what happened? You got Red House. You signed the lease on it. It's yours. Yeah, I mean, it was three years of hell. It's okay. like you know, people get very discouraged. I have friends that are still actively looking for bar or restaurant space. Yeah, it's no, just it's like, I mean, it was one thing after another after yeah. another. You being American made it, I reckon, that much harder, or was it just? bad because it's hard to get a shop. It might have made it easier because I think I'm particularly stubborn. Mm. So, you know, it, when I was, uh, when a deal got canceled the day before signing. It did. Oh, it happened to me. Yeah, Who called sure. it off? It was, okay, so it was an older couple. The, the guy was going with me. His wife was going with somebody else. Oh. And the day before she signed with the woman And I found out, and it was, I mean, the lawyers were ready, like everything was ready to go. Oh, no. That was rough. How do you turn that around? I just started looking again instantly. Oh, so that's not Red House. That's storage for another shop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it did. Just kept going. Yeah, man. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, you know, it's, uh, so I do these podcasts as like, also some kind of like a. Someone wants to open a business and thinking about maybe opening a bar or whatever. I think this will give people courage. Like now, you have this great bar, which is I, I think about it as like an institution. People know it. You've you've had hundreds of people coming here. It's a hospitality hangout. I mean, you've been longevity is big for me, and like you've been around forever. But you've been through so much to get it there. So that, if anything, I see I see hope. Like you made it eventually after a lot of lot of. I appreciate that. But I really don't want to be the bar hope story because you have to be completely insane to right. open up, <laughs> especially in France, man. Because yeah, it's just like, but still, you're still doing it. I yeah. mean, if it was that bad, you'd be gone. You'd be long gone. You know, you, you would have no, absolutely. But I'm also, I, I cannot imagine just actually working for anybody else. Yeah, it's you know, it's just not going to happen. Same here. Come so. do it. I mean, you know, I'm going to stick to my to my feeling of hope. Like you, I had no idea it was that hard to, for you to get a red house. Yeah, it was you, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, and you know, there's I actually have visited a lot of the places that are like Martin. Oh yeah, you yeah, like years before they no were way. in there. Um, 
That was a dodgy one as well. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I get that too. Like, I think actually Martin, I think Loïc from Martin did visit what is now HP5. And oh, really? Yeah, it is like, oh, wow, you, you, you bought that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, how that, funny how that works, man. Like, yeah. We've all seen, you know, you look for that long, like you run across every... There's not that many places. Every, you know? Yeah, but you see all the scams and this oh. and that, and like, yeah, it's wild. Why, why is it so shady? Why does it have to be so shady? Every owner, every... Like, it has to be some kind of smart to own a place in Paris on walls, you know, like property, and yet every owner is just like shadier than the next. That's my experience, but like my two landlords are pretty. Well, scandalous. yeah, but I I think the bottom of it we're talking about like, you know, it's relatively small time business owners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's a hustler. Yeah. Everybody's scamming the system. Everybody's scamming each other. It's just you know, it's just it comes with it. Exactly. Like it's a part of the gig. Exactly. Exactly. So I finally opened Red House, and for me it was, uh, it's like I want to do the American bar in Paris. You know, there, there's been other American bars. There's Harry's, which everybody knows. It's been around for 100 years. Great tradition. Uh, but for me, it's just that good. Like, it's a neighborhood vibe. Yeah. It's uh, it's affordable. It's unpretentious. And it's fun. It's so fun. And it's just, you know, the, I kind of realized bartending at some point where my job was just to give people something to talk about when they went to the office on Sunday, yeah. on Monday. On Monday, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, about this Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just give them that little extra thing. Yeah. And um, that's what I tried to do. And it's been it's been a great, great spot. Yeah, man. I mean, Almost nine years. Nine years. Yeah, bro. Jesus. This year. Everything you said, I, I 100% agree. Like, fun, unpretentious. It's so Like, I think that's what people want. People want have a drink without having to worry about etiquette or the way they look or like, I mean, that's, that's what I want, you know, mm. work all day. And if I'm going to indulge in a drink or whatever, I just want to do it without overthinking it. I just want to have a good cold beer or like, you know, yep. Negroni on top of five euros or, you know, play, play a bit of pinball. And, you know, mm. that's, that's, I mean, that's what I want. I think a lot of people want that. It's the reason maybe why you've been around so long. It's such a good, simple recipe. Oh, absolutely. It's just figure out. Well, it, it, It wasn't exactly all those things at the beginning. Right. You know, the baby has grown and it's it's matured a yeah. lot. You know, it was... What was it at first? It was the same, but it was just way more unorganized. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like this, like, placenta bar thing where it was still forming. And, yeah. you know, it you know, probably had eight fingers at the beginning. You know, it was just... You know, yeah. just sorting it out. I had, you know, I had bar management experience, but I had no bar owning experience. Yeah, two very different things. And, you know, besides just working 80 hours, I still Jeez. treated the job as a bar management job. Right. And, you know, I was also quite ignorant to... Uh, mixology and cocktail stuff. It, you know, I, I knew loads of different cocktails, yeah. but I didn't quite know how to apply all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, was, I just kind of went at everything brute force. 
You know, what you do when you're 30. I mean, exactly. It's it's also time is a factor. I mean, of course, the project is going to morph into something else with time. And I think you can't rush that. You start with something and then nine years later, you're something else. But that's just the way it's going to be for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You got to embrace that. Would you like I find for myself, I'm 33 now. And I was 26 when I started. I, sometimes I wonder, could I ever do it again? I don't think I, you know, we we're talking about Jews before, Jamison, whatever, what is, whatever is you juice. I don't think I can do it. I could ever start from scratch. Like, let's say everything's taken from me. Everything burns down. I have to start again. Like, I don't think I'd have that. And you just. Uh, so Are you kidding me? It's a you. Great, no, I don't. I, I, it's just like, it's I mean, a great you, segue. Because you, you start. You, open you and, have like a push cart crep stand at Montmartre <laughs> like and, and by the end of the year you'll be like you know you'll be driving up in your Mercedes like slinging you're like come on bro like you no man I'm tired you know, like I don't think I could ever like listening to you and like everything you have to go through like get the business where it's today and and I mean, it's exhausting listening to it and, and it, it sends me back to my exhaustion of, of it takes so much energy to just lift a business off the ground and make mm. it happen oh absolutely I'm, and I'm not that old I'm with you 33 is baby age but I'm like, 40 bro oh you don't look it man you look good but like I could, I, can't, I could never do it and you just did it you just opened um, the second place mm. and it's it's brave because you were, we were talking about this before. It's 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 always a challenge, and it's not because the first one is doing great that the second one is. It's always a bet. You never know. Same with us. We just reshape the first location, and it's it's taking its time, you know. And uh, it takes. I'm, I feel like I've been tired since 2013, you know. And I just doing it again. I don't know. Mm. It's, well, it's a lot harder at 40 than it is at 30. That's I, for that's yeah. for sure. Um, Props to you for doing it. I don't know. I think like the. I think with the belly the. You know, the the first space was shut for so long. People still have to get used to that. It's back open. Exactly. Even, that. even though you have 500,000 followers Whoa. on Instagram. <laughs> a direct and line. And abusing all of them with the multiple posts today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe was saying before the show that he stopped following the account because I'm just, it's just too much. That's a, you got to do what you got to do. I man. actually... Please follow me back. No, actually... Uh, I, I probably still follow you. Please. Let me believe but that. But I did get I did get to a point where I basically unfollowed all professional related anything on social yeah. media. It started with Red House is also um, how do you measure your own success? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My no. phone's supposed to be off. No, you no. This is a very unconventional show. Phone's on. Yeah. We don't care. You want to take it? No. <laughs> Hello, you owe us money. <laughs> I'm on the radio, man. Come on. <laughs> Call me back in 10, friends. Uh, so, yeah, you were that? saying, um, how do you measure your own success? Exactly. Interesting. So, you would think you measure your own success by how busy you are. I mean, if you're super busy, you probably don't actually ask yourself that question. If you're not super busy, if you're, like, kind of busy, then it, you know... It just gets complicated. Mm -hmm. The opening a bar or a restaurant, uh, the trap is to basically measure the success of that bar or restaurant as like a measure of your own humanity. I know what you're saying. Okay. It's rough. Yep. And uh, there's ups and downs and you just kind of, you ride it out. It's like Red House now, it's been there for so long that it's pretty stable. It's not super busy. But I mean, it's, it's consistent. But it's consistent. You know, we had the strikes. 
I had friends, they were down 50%. Right House was down 10. That speaks volume. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like the French economy compared to the Chinese economy. It's like Chinese economy is just like crazy, you know, like 12% a year. And like the French economy, it's sort of like between 0.8 and 1.2% growth. You know, but it it just kind of stays. Yes. Which I think I wish to everyone, like you don't want to be, I talk about shooting stars, you know, when you're like really hot and really Mm. bright for six months and then you don't want to be that. I think the, 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 you want to be Red House. You want to be. This just big tanker that just doesn't tip at the first big yeah. wave, you know? You just you're just powering through, you're not making millions, but you're just covering your needs and you're whatever happens, you well, know. I also don't particularly like the people that follow the shooting stars. Me neither, man. You know, I'm, I'm to, with you. to have a to have that like bar that's been there forever, you have to invest in your own identity yep. and your customers. Yeah. Oh totally. And if you just like you know, open up, bam, flood it in. You lose control over that kind of thing. Yeah. And you lose your own identity. Totally. I think professionally and personally, um, being an individual and having an identity is probably one of the most important things to me in life. Keeping organic and real. In it, yeah, you know, in days where like you don't really know what's real anymore, and like everybody's shooting for that realness. And, like and when I get up before noon. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> thank you. You look pretty fresh. Yeah, you don't look like you went to bed at four no. or five. So uh, okay, so now Red House, we talked a whole bunch about it. Let's talk about the second venue. Yeah, I mean, baby. You know, and how, what do you like? Why? Yeah, baby. When? Why? Uh, so. Uh, Jen, my better half, which, you know, we've been together for eight years. Okay. She worked at Red House for a long time. And, um, the base principle is at Red House, I have, uh, investors slash, um, uh, shareholders, you know, partners on paper, but not not in practice. Okay. And at sister, it's not the case. You know, and it's, it's also, you know, going back to like that simple, okay, I've got 20 grand. What can I do with it? Uh, get some people to go in, open red house. And then sister midnight's just the two of us, you know, uh, we owe nothing to anybody besides the bank. That's so good. So we're in it 50, 50, uh, me and Jen and, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real hard. It's a lot harder than it was back then. So why is it harder? Age. Age, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking about this yesterday, like a friend of mine who's managing a place, and he's kind of like, he's been bartending a few years. Uh, He's a very good manager, and I'm like, man, you know, I'm 40. I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I've honestly, like, I've been bartending for like 20 years now. And uh, everything that I, every decision I make goes through one question, and it's basically... Does it help with Newton's law of the conservation of energy? (laughs) (laughs) Is there an easier way to do this and keep it as good? So, um, getting to Sister, Sister Midnight, it's an Iggy Pop song. It's his first song on his first solo album, produced by David Bowie. So, that's called the Berlin Years, that time period, late 70s. And the backstory is uh, Bowie's muse, Romy Hag at this time, who is a 
trans female burlesque performer, singer, club owner, loads of pictures of all of these people hanging out at her place. It was called Shea Romy Hag. Okay. Uh, she's still around in Berlin, like doing, doing shows and stuff. Wow. Amazing person. And we wanted, we or we had, we had been kind of fermenting on the idea of sister midnight for years and years already. Like we were doing DJ sets like five years ago. Um, Finding the spot in Pigal, all of that backstory, everything in that universe, and then also the history of Pigal, what it always was. It yeah. was always extremely sexually open, yeah. um, not just for prostitution, but also for gay and queer and everything else. Yeah. And we wanted to bring a part of that back and hold that tradition with what we're doing. So... You know, everybody everybody throws a label and it's like, oh, cocktail bar. Yeah. What are your cocktails? And yeah. we're like, we just do good cocktails. Like, yeah. we've been doing this forever. Yeah. Um, I can get into it. I don't think it's that interesting. Yeah. It's just good drinks. Yeah. They're always affordable. You know, I think we always try to stay under the average cocktail bar price. Yeah. Unlike that. People like that. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know. Make it affordable. Yeah. Make make it available to more people. I think also it will definitely impact the people that come. And like because you ten bar personally every night, like you're so invested personally, you want to not hang out, but like you want to spend time with your customers. They're nice people, and I think by keeping it accessible, it acts as a filter. You know, mm -hmm. in, a, in the other way, if your cocktail are too expensive, you're gonna get the Parisians or whatever. Like people you don't really want to spend a whole night waiting on, or like making cocktails for. I'm not saying people that have money are necessarily bad people, but like keeping it accessible, mm -hmm. you, you're opening it, you're opening the bar to like more people and maybe people like just could not afford a more expensive drink i think that's the way i look at it like when i see the crowd at red house i'm like cool yeah this is a place for everybody you know yeah if absolutely you, this is you, you can go like i know my staff go drink at red house where they tip money you know which mm. isn't much but like if they clear 10 euros ahead hey, they, bro. They, they're gonna have a couple of drinks at red house you know <laughs> We have notoriously just come up with like the stupidest things consistently at Red House. So, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you know, I lived in New Mexico and Texas forever, and you have the can of Tecate that you can get for like a buck or two bucks with salt and lime, uh, which you can't find in France. So, we invented Tecatenberg, which is a can of Cronenberg with salt and lime. <laughs> <laughs> How much is that? Well, with a shot of tequila, it is six euros. So good. There you go. So tequila it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, like Septim and Clamato and everybody piling out post-service yeah, 20 bucks. It's like. That's what people want. You know. I tell my guys when like, I can hear it, like I don't, I don't eavesdrop on my stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm here more. I'm, I'm doing my thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. And they're like, oh yeah, right out. Blah, blah, blah. And everybody's getting all wrapped up. I'm like, guys, I know Joe. I'll text him. You know, you guys, you, you be you be good. You know, because I know it's uh, if 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 you want a good night, Red House is where it's gonna happen. And yeah, like they're always so good. excited about going because they know that it's not gonna break the bank, and they gotta mm. have a good night. Going back to just having a, a fun time. Yep, sure it, bet. It's hard being like you can't being fun. That's a hard thing to sell. Like you you know we just. 
it's it's gonna be within the DNA of the business from the get go, or it's not gonna happen. You can't like open a business and be like, yeah, we just you know we we're just providing fun. Like it's just because who you are and your experience, of, like the way you shaped Red House. But it's it's funny. It's just such an intangible thing, fun. But yet every time you go to Red House, you walk out having a good time. You know how every family has like party uncle. Yeah, 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 yeah. The drunk uncle. Yeah, like. Party uncle, yeah. you know he he like he throws you in the pool and then he falls in drunk into the pool like that thing. But that's tried and true. That guy's been at it for a long time. He didn't just turn up party uncle. Yeah, you know it's like you got to work it's at it. It's a career. Yeah, yeah. you got to prove yourself. No, it's true. But like, yeah, God bless his place because. Mm. And I mean, you know, I'm not a big. So we're talking about me scratching my eyes at 8 p.m. and like being a, a pretty much a, a, an old person at 33. So I like the the, the the bar scene is quite unknown to me, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to pretend. Um, but or I don't think such a nerd. I know I'm a nerd. Uh, I don't Instagram. I don't think there's many places. It's not for you to say, but like I don't think there's many places like Red House in terms of like that very just chilled out fun yeah. DNA. Like you managed somehow to create something. You got to come unique. up to Sister, bro. Okay, I will do sister that. Sister Midnight, man. It's been a year now. Wow, yep. that was fast. I feel yep. like you just opened. And it's yeah, you'd think it's like having kids, man. Yeah, it's true. It is. You're true. like. The day to day is just such a whirlwind. You're like, oh my god, my child, like, my daughter is hitting puberty. Oh my god, <laughs> I <laughs> this know, it's terrifying. It's gonna kill me when it happens. And yeah. um, how do you feel about having two places? And like you said, so Red House is you plus like some other people on paper. Sister may not is fully yours. You do you share your time between both? Do you feel well? I'm behind the bar at Sister, and okay. then still, you know. Still doing uh, management stuff between both bars. Do you miss Red House? Do you miss being there more? Like, tell us about having the two places and like how you feel about that. It's it's hell. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm already not super organized. <laughs> Most owners don't, you know, pull sixty hour shifts behind the bar. Yeah, you work on top all of it the time. Yeah, so. Um, it's just a constant game of catch up. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm loving it at sister though. It was really refreshing. Yeah. You know, it's like eight, eight years at red house. Wow. We were living above the bar yeah. in the studio for yeah. years and years. We moved. So I'm living in a new neighborhood, working in a new neighborhood. And the project is it, it for me in a lot of ways, it's very similar, but it's very different as well. Yeah. You know, we started doing, uh, burlesque and drag shows, Uh, really reaching into that history of the neighborhood, getting involved with, uh, in, in December, we did a, a fundraiser for 16 days. It's the 16 days of, uh, activism against gender-based violence. Okay. Um, so it's, it's focusing in a new direction, um, being able to express ourselves and other parts of ourselves that have been important to us yeah. and try to bring that out. You know, we have a real, like the drag nights are insane, bro. I mean, just like people piled on top of each other, <laughs> you know, dragon, but and it's, and it's also, it's a real mix. It's yeah. not just drag Queens. It's drag Kings. It's, yeah. it's, you know, women in drag, it's burlesque, male burlesque, but it's just bringing together a whole, you know, very different types of people yeah. in the same room people becoming exposed to things they wouldn't normally. Yeah. It's, you know, same as having like uh, cheaper cocktails. Yeah. You know, people are like, 
I wouldn't normally have a cocktail, but yeah. you know, it's so good that yeah. you, yeah. I'm, see, like, I'm so glad we talked about this because I, that side of Sister Midnight, I kind of didn't get it. Mm. Like, I wasn't really, you know, um, I was paying attention, but I never really like looked. And uh, it's, I think it's good we're talking about it because for me, I think it was just another bar in the sense that it was just another location for you. But like this, this no. whole underlying of things you want to do with it, and I love the idea of like keeping going with that tradition of Pigal and making it more than just what it was known for. And mm. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so good cool. So I just want to like, we, we kind of have to, you know, stop very soon. But um, there's something I want to talk to you about because I'll come back next week. Uh, see, I knew you were going <laughs> to love this. <laughs> People love it. Um, I, I think I've, I find myself in you in the sense that we, I stopped, but like I was behind the bar uh, physically for a long time and welcoming people mm. and like you're treating Red House as your house, as your, you know, it's like one continuous party or, you know, you're just having your, your friends over and you treat people very well. And you're, and we both know that giving that kind of service is draining because you go get mm. that, you, I mean, for me, that warmth and that friendliness that is genuine. I never put on a show when someone pushed the door and like I welcome everybody. We used to welcome everybody mm. in a very special way, and I think it made us what we are today. Absolutely. Um, you still do that, and I, I like I was, I was, I was, I was, I was getting that from deep, deep down, you know, deep inside. And I would go home. Sarah would be exhausted because kitchen work is exhausting, and I would go home being exhausted because emotionally I was investing so much of myself mm. in every customer interaction. <laughs> Sounds to me like you're still doing that. I still enjoy it. Well, yeah. So that was my question. Like, are are you? How do you feel? Like, are you not drained? Because like it is taxing and it is exhausting. I find it tiring. I mean, emotionally. Yeah, but you can't you can't take it out at work. You just got to find other ways, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, uh, I am a total introvert, believe it or not. Super nerd. Wow. Read, you know, science magazines. <laughs> uh, you just got to find headspace for other mm. things. Mm. I don't know how much you do that because you're always on the damn gram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, that's also why I stopped following a bunch of stuff on yeah, social yeah. media, because it's just like, I got to... Make space. I, I got to nourish my brain in other ways. That's fair enough, yeah. You know, or nourish my personal life, yeah. or make sure as a couple we have two nights off a week, yeah. or make sure that I'm spending time with my daughter. Um, you know, so I opening Red House, I worked literally, I think... 360 hours a month for 15 months. Jesus. Yeah, you told me that yeah. once. I remember Mon Monday to Saturday, open and close, plus administration, plus fixing stuff, plus all the everything all else. All the time. Yeah, dude. seven, seven. 15 months. And um, yeah, I'd rather hang out and like go to the movies with my daughter. I bet. Yeah. You know. But like, you didn't really answer my question in the sense that like you're at the bar, you're making drinks. You're there physically. And then someone walk in and like it's a regular someone you know, you're gonna have to engage, right? And like you don't have to, but you will because mm. that's what you do. Don't tell me that's not an effort though, after all that time. You know, like some some interactions are fantastic and you get something out of it, but like I used to get to a point where like and that's why I stepped out a little bit or stepped back a little bit, because 
it was not as easy and I was it was sometimes I just didn't have it in me to be like hey what's up you know like and people want that and it's 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 fair for them to want that that interaction they come to see you like when I go to Red House and I don't see you I'm, I'm disappointed like, I'm still gonna have a good time but you made yourself that place and that place is you and I think people were disappointed not to see me for a while because I wasn't behind the bar anymore and like and we did that to herself in the sense that I just kind of threaded the business around my person uh, but I just uh, yeah after I, I think I think short term that threaded threading it around your person is a lot of us are going to do that because we're personalities yeah I think in the long term it's uh it's not a good business plan I don't think so either but you're you still know. there still there well you know it was how we set the bar up as well it's just yeah. it's tiny you know no employees and just doing it, you know, you, you have ups and downs. Yeah, you yeah. just deal with it. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, it's fine. You gotta just like it. What I was trying to say before is like to continue doing that is you gotta have yeah. your own headspace. Yeah. No, I got that totally, and yeah, I, you're absolutely. right. Absolutely. Well, that's why we in a, in a different way. Like buying that house outside of Paris was almost. I was often say it's a business investment because for the business to be healthy, mm. we need to be healthy, and to be healthy, we just need to leave. Paris, you mm. know, two days a week. I, I love the city, and That's great. It, to love the city for many, many years um, in the future, like we just need that break. And I feel like when we had weekends in Paris, I would just stop by the shop and like yeah. look in fridges and fix this and that. And then Monday would show up, and I feel like I just didn't have a weekend, so I just physically needed to extract myself from Paris. And like what you're saying about going to the movies or having two nights with you know your partner and not just being at the shop i think it's we're saying the same thing is oh, like dude, you, you, you need off. yeah yeah you need some time on the side mm. and that's that's good for the business not being yeah it's well it's the same i mean i don't know how much time we have we probably we have zero we yeah. have minus five <laughs> minutes so everything we've just been talking about will be edited out yeah but we also do that for our employees you know at red house we try to do four days on three days off okay yeah, that's, keep them fresh, baby. So good, man. You know, so good. They're gonna make less money, but they're gonna have a life, maybe a relationship. I think people want that now. I think my staff wants more than anything. They want to be able to do a job they yeah. like and yet have a life on the side. Absolutely. Kitchen work is the same. Yeah. Young people these days. <laughs> you know, I think I'm getting my second win. Let's just, let's just do another session. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap it up. I mean, not by choice, but uh, this was great. This could going forever we caffeinated we could just keep going but uh man thank you so much for coming i really oh cheers man i'm Thanks. not just My saying pleasure. that it was i'm really happy you came on and um yeah good luck with with it all like for people like you that have been building and creating and still on the daily hustle i wish you nothing but continued success oh thanks bro cheers I mean thanks that. for having me thanks my man catch you guys on the next episode of uh, that restaurant thing i do have no idea what's coming next week uh, we'll find someone great and interesting in the meantime yeah shoot me a line let me know what i'm how i'm doing and uh, yeah i'll catch you on the next episode bye-bye